Blog Talk Radio.
But today our theme is choice, and we're going to talk about choice from a couple of perspectives. Um, just the idea that free will and choice is a part of our um, a part of who we each are as human beings. We've been created and given free will to make decisions in our life, which means we always are at choice. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about um, when we are making choices in our life, what are we choosing between. Um, you know, are we choosing God or not God? And are there really any other choices to consider besides the choice between, you know, the two elements or the, the ends of the spectrum, God or not God? And how does that show up in our lives? And third, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, choice versus habit choice versus habit, uh, because so often I think if you are like me and like m millions of other people, we do so many things by habit or based on habit that we don't necessarily connect in to the reality that we are making a choice. So free will and choice kind of as our birthright or as the way human beings were created, God or not God in choices we make in our life, lives big and small, and the whole concept of choice versus habit. So we'll take a one-minute break. If you don't already have some coffee or tea or water, you need to stretch as you prepare to go into this great conversation about choice, um, you could take a minute now and refresh your drink of choice, and we'll be right back. Back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. My name is Tracy, and today our theme is choice. So um, I'm going to start with a quote from Ernest Holmes, and um, I, I actually read this quote pretty regularly to remind myself that I do have a choice. We cannot live a choiceless life. Every day, every moment, every second, there is choice. 
If it were not so, we would not be individuals. We have the right to choose what we wish to experience. We have the right to choose the kind of companions with whom we wish to associate, to say in what city and in what type of house we would like to live. We are individuals, and the only way we can be individuals is to be spontaneous. There is no such thing as a mechanistic individuality. It must have the essential elements of spontaneity. There is no spontaneity and no individuality without prerogatives. And there can be no choice unless there is something from which to choose. Otherwise, the ability to choose would be merely a fantasy. Therefore, there must not only be the possibility of choice, but the liability of experiencing that which is chosen. Now, I love that because it is both sides of the coin of choice. I love that it starts out so strongly reminding me that we cannot live a choiceless life, that we are making choices every day in everything that we do. And if we look at our life in the big picture, not just, you know, what's happening right now in this moment or right now today, but looking at, you know, how our life is, showing up, how what we have, what we don't have, uh, what kind of work we are doing, what our bank account, you know, looks like, all of that, that it's the result of the choices we've made all along the way. So uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, another topic, uh, using and referring to a Julia Cameron quote about, you know, happiness or joy being the result like a, a chain, you know, links in a chain, and each choice we make as we go through the day becomes a link in that chain. At the end of the day, you see, you know, what you have. And that's how our life is. It's the result of the, you know, the thoughts we've had, yes, but then the choices we've made about those thoughts. And so the the whole idea of it's it's my responsibility as an individual to choose. And then as that quotation from Ernest Holmes refers to at the end, there must not only be the possibility of choice, but the liability of experiencing that which is chosen, that our choices have consequences. And we don't even think about our, the result of our choices having consequences when we're happy or when we like the outcome of our choices. You know, we don't think of it as a consequence because in, in the American use of the English language, we have done a really good job of equating consequences to negative results or negative outcomes. But the reality is, in my mind, that every choice has a consequence. So if I choose to save 30% of every check that I receive for 25 years, the outcome of that or the consequence of that is that I have significant savings, you know, to support me when it's time for me to retire and not have a regular income. That's the consequence of that. 
and I guess for most of us, we might more, more, um, we might be more likely to say that's the outcome or those are, that's the result of that because we think of results as positive and consequence as negative. But the reality is the choice of saving 30% of your income over 20 years or 30 years is that the consequences you have savings that then you need to decide what to do with, how to manage, et cetera, et cetera. If for 30 years or 20 years I save zero, then the consequence of that is either I continue to work well past the age that many people retire or I go live with friends or I'm homeless or, you know, the consequence of it, of the choice is there, whether the consequence is perceived as positive or negative. And so so how do we apply the idea, that idea and that concept of choice into what we do every day and how we live our lives and whether or not we say yes to spirit, you know, whether or not we say yes, this is, uh, spirit is important in my life. Yes, this is the way that spirit shows up in me. Yes, this is a decision that I want to make guided by the inner voice that comes from spirit. We can make that choice. That's our. That's where free will comes in. That as a human being, we've been created in the image and likeness of this limitless spirit, and we get to choose what's important to us. We get to choose how we believe spirit would have us behave if we are saying yes to spirit, and we get to create. We get to create in our own lives, in our own experience, how we want to demonstrate spirit saying yes to and through us. And I just think that's really, really very cool. I also think that most of us forget to do that or don't think about doing that more often than not. And... We really do have a choice about how we do that. Um, and one of Leslie's devotions, um, actually, you know, when I think about it, every one of Leslie's devotions really is about choice. It's about the choice of saying yes to spirit or not. It's about the choice of seeing God in in our day, you know, every day in all the big things and all the small things. But this particular devotion is aptly titled Choice. There was a round halo of light around the new moon tonight. I watched as the clouds moved slowly through the dark night sky, dancing around the sliver of the new baby moon. Seeing the moon always gives me pause. I stop and look. And it brings me a great sense of peace. The moon is out most every night, yet I don't look up every night. As I stood on my driveway feeling the natural awe of the moon, I wondered, why don't I look up every night? Do I let a life event stop me? Do I just forget? 
Do I look up and give up if I don't see it right away? It takes such little effort on my part to get such an amazing gift, yet I don't put forth the small effort on a daily basis. I have a hunch my connection with God is much like this. It takes very little to activate, yet I don't do it all the time. Does a life event stop me? Do I forget about God? Do I give up if I don't sense God right away? I can tell myself many things, but it is my choice to look for God in the day-to-day and to look up every night to get that great sense of peace, regardless of anything else. That is my choice. And isn't that great? I mean, just a reminder um, of it really is about what we choose to focus on. You know, do we choose to focus on seeing God in my day? I mean, that's the whole basis of the GodInMyDay.com site, you know, reminders to just stop, you know, just stop and do five minutes of meditation or think of some affirmations or listen to music and go, yes, that's what my life needs to be about or yes, that's a fabulous way for God to show up in the world. And we can choose that. So, Let's take a little bit of a break, and then we'll come back and talk about this choice between God or not God and how that shows up for us or the opportunities we have around that that pop into our lives every day. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And this is Tracy. And um, our theme for today is choice. Choice. What does choice have to do with saying yes to spirit? When we have big decisions to make, a lot of the time it's, it's easier for us to choose between God or not God. 
You know, it's like we have a really big decision to make and then we're not sure of what to do or we're really afraid. And so we know it's an important life decision. And we we then stop and slow down. And we might actually consider what is what would God have us do? Or for a while there was, you know, the really popular, what would Jesus do? But from our spiritual perspective, you know, when we're facing a really tough decision or a challenging experience, we're more likely to slow down and say, okay, if I choose option A, I am responding from spirit. I'm responding in a God-centered way. If I choose option B, it might give me some really good short-term benefit, but I know it's not the ethical thing to do or the moral thing to do or the nice thing to do because somebody else is going to be hurt. So when we have that choice between God or not God, and it's a big deal in our lives, it's, it's often easier But, you know, we really have that same choice, God or not God, in every conversation we have, in uh, when we're driving in traffic and somebody cuts us off, you know. Do I want to respond as God would respond, or do I want to respond as human Tracy would respond, you know. What am I going to let have the lead in my life? And so that the devotion really referred to that uh, so powerfully in, you know, that looking at I don't have to do much to activate choice. I just have to choose. And, uh, and so when we are making the choice, what are we choosing? Um, and in this moment, I am choosing to say hi, Leslie. Welcome, Leslie. That's right. Sorry about that. Yeah, live radio. <laughs> live world. You know, choices. I made some choices yesterday that caused my morning to not go uh, go smoothly to, to get here on a timely basis. So I'm glad to be here. And choice, that's a powerful topic. It's a powerful topic. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. So in this segment, we're talking about God or not God. And, you know, when I took the Bible and New Thought class a while back, in every, almost every week, uh, Reverend Petra would talk about the whole evolution of Christ consciousness, the entire evolution of Christ consciousness, is about making the choice between God or not God. In every second of every... Well, in every cycle, in every stage of the cycle that we've come through from the life of Jesus Christ. Right. As each uh, iteration, as as the Bible was created, Mm. as all the different versions of the Bible were created, as different religions have evolved all along the way the evolution of that in cycles is about making the choice at different places of god or not god and guiding people in their daily lives to be able to make the choice of god or not god and and then in our personal lives as we evolve 
that that's also always the question. Am I moving toward God or away from God? Am I moving to demonstrate, right, the power and the presence of God or not? And you do that by the choices you make, correct? Exactly. And so every everything is a choice. All right. Everything All right. is a choice. All right. But we don't think about it that way. <laughs> right. Or we don't, for me, it's, you know, it's a lot of times it's a, it's an accountability issue. Because I just would rather, and I've been in relationships where I clearly have even said out loud, honey, you decide because I don't want to be accountable for how this goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you decide. If you make the choice, then it's, you know, you'll get the glory or you get the blame. I don't want, I don't want either one. So, you know, it's interesting to me how, at times in my life, I've avoided choice to avoid any kind of, you know, feeling responsible for the outcome. And That's really interesting. And before you got here, one uh-huh. of the comments that I made that I hadn't thought about much until I was listening to myself talk about it, that so often we, every choice has a consequence. Yes. But what we tend to do is we think of consequences as negative outcomes and results as positive outcomes. Okay, I gotcha. So when I make a choice, if it works out well, you know, then that's the result or the outcome. You know, that's the result and that's positive. I got the results I I wanted or expected. If it doesn't work out the way we want or expect, you know, then it's consequences. The consequences of your behavior, mm-hmm. the consequences of your choice, you know, now have gotten you in trouble or in discomfort or fear or anger. But the reality is they're all consequences of choices. They just have different outcomes. Mm-hmm. But they're all the consequences. They're all consequences. They feel different. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. They're all outcomes. They're all consequences. Right. But they have a different feeling to them. Uh-huh. And so if we would take responsibility for our choices, that would work whether it was quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad. And just for me, it's it's a matter of, um, and this is just me, because I really can't apply this theory to other people because I don't. I don't, I don't. I have people that, you know, have all sorts of things going on in their life, and I, I, don't, I don't apply it to you out there. It's just me. You know, I really believe my choices have, have created every single event in my life, period. You know, it's not like there's any exception to that rule. I hear a lot of people say, yes, but, you know, how could I choose cancer? Yes, but how could I choose to have a child die? Or yes, but how could I choose to, you know, have this horrible thing happen to me? But for me in my life, you know, it's 100%. It's, 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 and, and, and to me that eases me because I went through a lot of my life at, not at 100%, trying to kind of gauge it or trying to give myself permission to have a little bit of a weasel room to say I did the best I could at the time, so therefore, you know, I'm not really, you know, this is kind of a random act that's occurring now. But, you know, to fully embrace that to me was really kind of freeing. Um, and... uh and it took a lot of, I don't know why, but it took a lot of pressure off of me um, once I fully embraced that idea that, you know, my choices, you know, really 100% led me here. And the little tiny choices I make today start, you know, planting the, the garden of tomorrow. So those that then becomes my empowering thought that, you know, my choices today 
will change my outcome for tomorrow. So that to me is empowering. Yeah, and I, you know, really believe that the choices we make, when people make comments or ask questions like you were saying, well, how, why would I choose that my child would die or why would I choose that my uh, spouse would leave me? Or right. Why would I choose that? And I always remember that we don't often choose in the specific. We oh, choose yeah. in the in the conceptual. Energetically, yes. And so, well, energetically, but I, I think mentally we choose in the conceptual. So we choose and we tell ourselves that I am a survivor. Uh-huh. No matter what happens, I will survive. Or I uh-huh. am strong. And no matter what happens, I will get through it strong. And so we're choosing in a almost a backhanded kind of way. Yes. We're saying, give me yes. things in my life that will require me yes. to demonstrate that I am strong or that I am, you know, whatever it is that I'm using to say this is who I am in the world. I am choosing to be, you know, responsible. I am choosing to be. And that, you know, that could be really scary because we don't know what life experiences are going to show up to allow us to demonstrate that. But often they're the things that we don't think we would choose. Well, we know we wouldn't choose them given a choice. We wouldn't choose that specific thing. Right. But we did choose somewhere along the way with a very strong belief and energy, the energetic, that we are resourceful or creative and all great qualities. And things have, things have to happen in the in a world of cause and effect. Things have to happen for that energetic to come forth. To be, yeah, to be the effect. Hey, there's a saying in 12 Steps, never, ever pray for patience because right. you're going to get things, you know. And one of my deepest prayers forever has been uh, to experience the peace that passes all understanding. And just like last month, I got that my current employment status, my current financial disarray is absolutely the answer to that prayer. And, you know, I really, you know, I am really pretty in tune to how things work and it it wasn't until last month I was sitting on my deck and I got oh my goodness in order to have the peace that passes all understanding you're going to have to have a life circumstance Leslie that that peace would have to pass all understanding to have that peace in that situation and I really you know I hadn't really I just wanted that peace I wanted to be that person that could you know you know get hit in the face and say oh well you know I'm okay and so wow you know I really manifested a marvelous opportunity to have peace all understanding because, you know, most people would really be on a cliff right now in some ways with some of the financial things that are occurring to me. But it is fascinating if we really slow down long enough. For me, if I slow down long enough, you know, I can absolutely see the pattern and look, look back and, and see the, the mosaic and how, you know, my choices, my thoughts, my beliefs, my, you know, mental energy, you know, it's creative. 
where I am now. Do you have another? Can I read a devotion? You read a devotion, didn't you, before? I read a devotion Love that before. About you. But tell me which one it is so you don't read the <laughs> yes, same one. one. <laughs> what this one talks about is the idea of um, God. Because for a long time, I wanted to make my choices to please God. Mm. I went through years, you know, trying to have what they call, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, having uh, not... Um, Discernment, yes, discernment. I pray for discernment. I want to have, you know, I want to do what God wills for me. So, so this is about that. I sat in the heat, feeling miserable. I looked down to see I still had 11 minutes left of my 20-minute meditation. I shut my eyes and told myself God wants me to finish out my time in the sun. I knew I could go sit in a chair in the shade, but what I really wanted was to get some summer color on my face while I meditated. I told myself God would want me to stay and endure the heat and get my meditation done. Within a few moments, the heat got so intense that I had to move to the chair in the shade. My mind cleared immediately, and the rest of my meditation went by in a flash. I began to wonder how many times I used God as an excuse to try and force myself to do something I don't want to do. I have a hunch God is neutral. Meditate in the sun or the shade. God has no preference. I decided tonight not to attach a desired activity or outcome to God. I believe God has no preference to the how and why I meditate, but simply engages the positive outcome that I do meditate. This afternoon, I decided to take responsibility for my actions and stop making God the bad guy for making me do something I don't want to do. Wow. That's really deep, isn't it? Deep, scary, powerful, <laughs> challenging, <laughs> encouraging. It's all of those things. That's really interesting that you can I mean, I have several, you know, family, extended family members that absolutely have that, you know, you know, it's God's will or, uh, you know, I've got to find, I've got to do God's will. Uh, God wants me to, you know, be sort of downtrodden in this life in order to be able to, earn salvation so I think I've spent not in recent history but certainly in the past a lot of attachment to wanting to figure out what is God's will and wanting to please God and wanting to uh, and wanting to to do it right according to God and when when God created each one of us with free will right mm-hmm. to make choice uh-huh. then the answer is whatever you decide you want god says yes it's god's will what it comes and the guidelines that we have you know which gets into a really different conversation but it does get into that whole idea of of uh, of so, if we have free will and choice, you know that's a, and then b is you know the Ten Commandments or the guidelines for how to live a um, a, a productive and a spiritual life, whatever your religious beliefs are. Right. So whether it's from the Bible or the Torah or the Quran or the you know or the Baha'i book. You know, or, or the big book in AA, AA. Right. whatever whatever 
you believe in and ascribe to as your spiritual practices that help you live a quote-unquote good life. Right. You know, it's like, well, is that is that naturally in conflict if if I've been created with free will and God says yes to whatever I decide I want? Is that automatically or is that in conflict with fear of the Ten Commandments? The structure of the of the faith, the the guidelines of the philosophy. Yeah. So maybe a, maybe part of what religions are all about are giving you the guidelines that make you choose in using your own free will to choose to follow these Ten Commandments or to use your own free will to choose to follow these guidelines that are prescribed by the Jewish faith or by Islam or by the Baha'i faith or by AA. So, I mean, that always is there. I have free will to choose, and I've been taught these guidelines, and this is what I choose. And, you know, you were talking a minute ago about the evolution of the Christ consciousness kind of building on itself in every generation, sort of, is what I heard you saying. And I kind of like think that the Christ consciousness builds on me in every kind of my own little evolution or my own little life cycles that I have. And I can look back and think of times where I definitely attached and I was uh, I was heart and soul, mind and breath, 12 steps. And I lived that program and I got the 12 promises and I was on fire with that. And I see very clearly how that took me out of a very difficult time in my life and, and gave me you know, a strong footing and something to hold on to and something to, you know, concrete to say, okay, I'm doing this. I needed, you know, a structure, a framework. But then as I got more proficient at that, as I got, you know, the 12 steps came naturally to me and that whole philosophy just was a way of life, then it's almost like, a, you know, energy, life force, God propels to the next layer of, and okay, wait a second, I don't have to do it this prescribed way. Mm-hmm. You know, there is the idea, you know, that I am the expression of God. And so, you know, every part of me is God. So then how do you go to that level and then take that next level of evolution or Christ consciousness to say, okay, I don't have to have one faith. I can have all faiths. I can have all guidelines. I can have all structures. And I can be my own little mini church. Huh? Is lightning going to strike your house? But, yeah. It's like an evolution, I think. You know, for me, it's been an ongoing journey of uh, coming to understand that uh, ultimately my choice is God's choice, so that I don't have to please God. I don't have to make, you know, I don't have to make God happy. God's not hanging out waiting for me to. God is happy whether. God is happy whether. Exactly right. You know, we attach that emotion. God is God is just fine with or without me, right? And uh, so interesting. It's interesting. It is interesting. So one of the other things that I talked about before you joined us was this idea of choice versus habit. And so I want to take a little 30-second break, and then maybe we'll come back and talk more about that habit. Okay. 
comments or questions, 347-850-1523. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And we're encouraging ourselves on our spiritual path as well. Um, and uh, I have one more devotion I'd like to throw out there. You know, I have such a strong feeling about choice and about, you know, when you're saying habit and um, looking at how we or how I really am responsible for my life um, I've just written a lot of devotions on that topic. So every devotion ultimately is yeah. about yeah. making the choice. That's true. To see God in to my see day. God in my day. Excellent. All right. Well, this one is called first date. How about dinner tomorrow night? Pause. Oh, that's a great idea. I'll meet you there. Standing in line at the grocery store, I could not help but hear the woman's cell phone conversation. Her inflection and tone told me she was talking to someone she was very excited to see. Listening a bit longer, I understood they were talking about a first date. It was fun to hear the excitement, expectation, and pure joy in her voice. I have a hunch God remains excited, expectant, and joyful always, not judging a first date more exciting than going to work, walking a dog, or a summer vacation. I judge experiences as good, bad, exciting, boring, beginning, ending. With my judgment comes a change in my behavior, and with that change comes a different outcome. I decided to make an effort to see each activity as a first date and see what happens. I predict my behavior towards the activity will change, which will change the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I, I love this, of course, from a, a perspective of whatever we're doing, to look at it with fresh eyes or to listen to it with fresh ears. And a lot of times in uh, the weekly group meditation that I participate in, if I'm facilitating, um, I will ask people, we have a couple of places where we do kind of a call and response uh, reading or recitation, and the opening affirmation is the same you know, every week because we use it to set the tone. But often when I facilitate, I'll slow down right before I start and I'll say, please read this today as if it is the first time you've ever seen these words. Right. Stop and really think. Don't just read it because you know what the words are and you just kind of Uh rush through it. And so, yeah, this devotion reminds me that I can choose to look at what is going on in my everyday life uh-huh. as if it is the miracle that it is. Right. As if it is as exciting and it's a new adventure for me, even if I have done it every Monday for the last three years. Right. And that is a place where choice breaks up habit, I think. Yes. And habit really is, I don't know, habit to me is a, not a good thing. I I need routine. I need discipline. But I think habit to me is um, is almost like I'm just blindly doing it without seeing it. And I love that you say stop and listen to it because there's a little preamble that we'll read in Al-Anon meetings. 
And so for the years that I was going to two or three or four Al-Anon meetings a week, you know, I memorized that. And I could just say it in my head, but I would always, I remember consciously saying, oh, my goodness, this is like an amazing prayer. And so trying to really read it fresh each time is a powerful thing. So I think habits are, habits are not good for me. Well, I think... Um as I judge it, not good, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, I was listening to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I could respond to that without uh, making you wrong or bad. Well, because I think the things that we do that are, there are so many things, probably most things we do in the course of a day are habits. Uh huh. It's a habit. Yeah, well, routine or habit. And so, yeah, I see you making the decision yeah, yeah, that routine is probably the, the way discipline. I think of as it's a habit. It's just mm-hmm. something I do on automatic. Right. Uh, and it may or may not have a negative outcome. So it's it's a habit for me to take a shower and brush my teeth. It's a habit. Oh, I don't, uh-huh. well, I guess I do some days actually choose. <laughs> You know, it's like, do I really need to do this? I'm not going out. I don't feel good. I'm sick. I want to stay in bed. Um, but in general, most right. days, it's just kind of an automatic thing. I'm going, going to do it as part of getting up, getting dressed, getting ready to go out into the world. Um, and so that's not, you know, consequential in the concept of God or not God. Right. We wouldn't think of it like that. But what kinds of things do I do every day? You know, do I just out of habit um, ask people what's going on and comment about it from a judgmental point of view? Oh, you know, right, right. It's just a habit I, I don't even think about. And uh-huh. I'm, I'm not making a choice anymore. Right, right. I just do that. You know, I have a friend who um, who calls me several times a month and her, and the habit is, you know, what basically the question what's going on means what's wrong, what's going on that's wrong that then we, you know, can snipe about or gossip about mm-hmm. or, you know, pick apart. Right. And because I know that now after, you know, seeing, it's like I understand that's her habitual way of viewing the world and of interacting with people. And so... I made a decision that, oh, but I'm not going to, I don't choose that. Yes. So even though I know that's what she's asking and she'll ask me two or three times looking for something that's broken or somebody who's done something we can gossip about, I 99% of the time will just choose to still give her something positive that's going on or talk about a class that I'm taking and how great it's going or something. Right. But it's not that she's a bad person or a mean person. It's just a habit. Right. And so I, I, we don't think about, I don't think, most of the time, I don't think we think about that as being a choice. It's just the way we are. It's just a habit. Yeah, it's just the way we are. And that, to me, is how you, you know, we have to slow down. I have to slow down to look at all the little nuances. And certainly when things aren't going well is when, you know, I can really have the opportunity to slow down a little bit more, um, but uh, and also I think when I think of habits, sometimes you know I can get into habits with with people too. Like you said, with your friend, you get in a habit of you know this is the kind of friendship or relationship that this is, and it can be 
difficult if if I choose to do something different. It's fascinating me uh, spending a lot of time with people that are new in recovery, and when they stop drinking, how lots of people in their lives start to get very unsettled because you know it's been part of the relationship is they drink all the time. So you know it's a classic thing that people when they get sober sometimes have to change friends because. You would think people that love you would want you to be happy, joyous, and free, but ultimately, no, not really. We'd rather you have been the way you've always been so that we can be the way we've always been. So exactly. the habits can kind of take on their own personalities in groups, too, I think. Yeah. So when we talk about saying yes to spirit uh-huh. and choosing God versus choosing not God, you know, wrapping all of that kind of up into a ball. And I think about, like we both said, the big things, the big decisions, that's easy, but what about the day-to-day, you know, habits and spiritual practices? All of this is starting to come together in my mind. It's like what I notice, not so much from a spiritual practice, but just a daily practice. If I really want to change something, I have to intentionally change my, the way I do it. So I'm drive a different way. I'll change something else that breaks me out of a pattern right. so that I can practice a second thing that's a different pattern. So if I always take, you know, Hillcrest to Spring Valley to go to the center, then maybe for two or three weeks I change my route to go Preston to Alpha to Inwood. I mean, you know, that. It's going to get me there in the same amount of time, but it's a different pattern. Right. And in breaking my pattern in one way makes it easier to break my pattern in something else. Yes. Yeah, there's some some deep psychology to that, yeah, to jumpstart your brain into doing different things in all ways, you know, walking your door backwards instead of forwards, use your left hand to right to do your right hand. Anything to kind of break that pattern. Walk in your door backwards. Yeah, have you never tried that? Yeah, that's right. I haven't heard yeah, that. Yeah, that's one. a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that. One. <laughs> I used to work with kids, so you have to, you know, break patterns in a fun way. Right, right. But, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about spiritual practices, and I am um, thinking about how I use the word discipline and routine in a positive way, and I use the word habit in a negative way. Uh-huh. And... To me, a spiritual practice, the discipline of a spiritual practice is so life-affirming. And I don't know that this is true for everyone, but I know this is true for me, that the discipline of having the morning meditation at the same time, at the same place, at the same you know chair, and I do the same routine, <laughs> uh, it certainly behaviorally would look like a habit. <laughs> um but having that discipline every morning is life-altering for me. And when I am in that discipline, it's as if, you know, the shuck of the corn or whatever, you know, analogy you want to use, everything, the water off the duck's back. I mean, everything else just lines up. Things just don't, I am gleefully detached. And when I have that discipline, everything works. When I don't have that discipline, I don't care what I do or how hard I try, it seems like things don't work. And so for me, you know, that's my magic wand. And I think everybody has a magic wand. Maybe it's running for somebody. Maybe it's, you know, eating a healthy diet. Maybe it's, 
you know, doing a mantra prayer, whatever it is. I think we all have our own little key, but to find it and then to do it and to do it every day and to do it in a disciplined way, I think is transformative. Is that a good word? Transformative? That's a great word. So I guess my challenge this week would be people to figure out, you know, what is that thing? What is your discipline that, you know, just lights you up, turns you on, gets you going, gets you in line with the flow of, of, of life that is absolutely, I believe, available to each and every one of us, this magical, mystical flow that uh, we tend to say is a miracle or, you know, that marvelous thing that happened to Sally Sue couldn't possibly happen to me. Well, yeah, it could, and it's supposed to. By design, you know, the cards are stacked in our favors, each of us. But um, we have to kind of take the action, have to figure out what is it, what is our, um, what is our, what is our key to, to opening that door. Yeah, and that reminder that each one of us has a different key because yes. each one of us is unique. Right. But what's common is that there is some key of some practice, right. something that we not just think, but something we do, right. that if we do it on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, whatever it is, but on a regular basis, that it it is the key that unlocks all of our good. Yes. Yes. It's all like a windfall. Good. Once you get into that, it's a windfall. Yeah. Very interesting, very interesting. And I want to think more about that because now my brain is thinking about, so at different stages of my life when when it has felt like everything is going my way uh-huh. or things aren't going my way but it's still I really am grounded in it's all good, uh-huh. what was I doing? What were my spiritual practices? What was my key? Right. Um, and has it really been similar at different stages of my life, at different uh-huh. decades, or did it shift and change? Ooh, well, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I want to think more about that. And I'm very aware of our time that we are down in our last five minutes, and so I'm also thinking about what else <laughs> I want my I want to think about that, but that's my deep thought. <laughs> And I've got this practical task right in front of me. Is there anything else we need to talk about right now? Um, So I think that will be some journaling about uh, discipline and routine and what's been the key for me in terms of spiritual practice in the past. Uh, Because I I am feeling right now that I am in a... Uh, I'm clear, not just feeling it. I'm experiencing very clearly a transition, which might be a transformation. And um, many of the things that I've done in the past either haven't been working or they're working differently, they're showing up differently, and, and it's good but it's not the same sense of the having the key that's unlocking the next phase, unlocking this, the transformation. So it's like, oh, let's look backwards to uh-huh. look forward. To see what, what worked. Yeah. And, and that connects to what you said about today's choices or tomorrow's life. Yes. Let's put that on a, on a, on a, on a bumper sticker, today's choices or tomorrow's life. And that's really true. 
And so in order to get a little different life tomorrow, I have to make different choices today. And it, you know, and it is as simple and as complex as that. They say in 12-step programs, the program is so simple it's hard. Yes, because, you know, really life by design is simple. But, you know, we create this complexity to it. And again, I think for me, my answer is that early morning discipline of meditation and it's always been true for me. I've always known it, and I've gone in and out of doing it. And I can reflect back when I do it. Life is smooth. When I don't, it's rough. But I have still chosen at times not to do it. And that is crazy. Five minutes left or not, I have to say, that is just crazy to know what to do and choose not to. I think that's, some people would call that the human condition. I call that crazy. Then <laughs> <laughs> we are all yeah, so crazy. Pleased to be back into my uh, discipline. Very cool. So um, next week, I think our theme is going to be work. Work? Oh. Um, um, and in the meantime, between now and next week, I encourage people to go visit GodInMyDay.com to be encouraged to choose uh-huh. to look for God in your day. And um, and uh, the ReclaimJoy.com. ReclaimJoy.com, we just started a new series where we have another four-week group starting up October 23rd, I think it is. Yes, I think ReclaimJoy.com. If you are looking for ways to find more joy and reclaim joy in your life, take the four-week journey to joy group coaching online experience. I like the name Reclaim because to me, you know, that's really what we're doing is we're remembering, we're reclaiming. So thanks for joining us today. Go find your key. <laughs> and, and, and comment on the Say Yes to Spirit blog. Uh, when you find your key, I would love to know what it is. Happy week. Say yes to spirit. Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.